As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of Tag the Roll, an NBA draft podcast hosted by myself, Mark Schindler, and Jake Rosen, where we talk about the NBA draft, draft, draft prospects, and do it in a way that embodies honor and integrity. Jake, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Um, very excited to talk basketball. It's this is the classic. A lot of basketball was consumed. <laughs> Some of it in person. A lot, a lot. I was able to be was able to be in the building for Wisconsin Indiana last night, which we talked briefly off the air. Was not the most entertaining basketball game until the very end, which, in as a Wisconsin fan, uh, it was pretty fun. Johnny Davis hit a big time shot right in front of us, so great experience last night, and got to scout Johnny in person for the first time. Yeah, I got to watch that game today, and I'm very excited to talk about Johnny Davis when we do. Um, but we want to start off talking about uh, a game that happened recently, Tennessee versus Colorado, mainly as a vessel to talk about Jabari Walker and Kennedy Chandler. Um, I'll turn it over to you, man. Where do you want to start with this? We can just start on the general question. Why are you switching your ball screens against Kennedy Chandler every time down the floor? I don't know. I don't think you should. Uh, it does not <laughs> seem like a great idea, right? Yes. And that, Soft switching, we'll call it nicely, allowed Kennedy to get whatever he wanted. Uh, he was an absolute monster, getting to the rim all game, loved how aggressive he was. I think he had 12 rim attempts, according to Bart, when was 10 of 12, which is just pretty nuts. First half, second half, different types of ways. Loved his change of pace. It, like, he loves this stop-start. It's not like a full hezzy. It's like, I'm actually going to like come to a complete stop, so you get flat-footed, and then I'm just going to run right by you again. And... Yeah, he's been. I've actually had the chance to watch a bunch of his games recently, and he's been very impressive, especially as a driver. I think that was his best finishing game, finishing wise, 
a lot of times because the big was outside of the paint and he just was able to blow by him and get cleaner looks towards the rim versus against Nova and uh, UNC, as we talked about a couple weeks ago on that pod, he was kind of having some trouble against their size and length and had a little bit of trouble against Texas tech. And we'll talk to that, talk about them as well, but well, Kenny he was, was not incredible. the only person who had trouble with Texas tech. <laughs> yeah, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't, so I don't, about the Texas Tech game, just a real quick note, like I don't think he was like he's still getting to his spots. And that's yeah. been the common theme with him all year. Even in these poor games where he's shooting the ball, quote unquote, poorly, he's still getting to his spots. The finishes are very difficult and it's every single finish is rather difficult, but he's not really getting walled off. He's more or less getting in the paint, getting to the rim. Yes, he's forced into these tough inside hand finishes, single leg scoops, floaters. It's not easy layup after easy layup, except for in the Colorado game where he was just punishing them every single time down. Yeah. Well, the coolest part about the Colorado game, I thought were the contact finishes he showed because that was stuff, especially in the Villanova game, he really struggled, um, you know, especially against Colin Gillespie, just getting to the one, like he, he didn't have an issue getting to the rim, but once he got there, he was really struggling with contact. I mean, he had some wonderful finishes through contact and again, not against like a full on rim protector, but still, I thought there was a lot of encouraging stuff there. I mean, his floater has looked incredibly good over the last few weeks. Um, I've been really impressed with just his touch overall, which I know is just an annoying buzzword, but I think he's shooting what, like close to 58% from the field is something like that. Um, it, he's been ridiculously yeah, 58, 54% from two, 49.5% from the field. Please pretend I did not say 58% from the field. <laughs> but like, uh, I mean, just his shot overall has been really good. One of the things I've, incredibly enjoyed about him uh i don't know quite what to call it it's not relocation but just like whenever he dishes the ball off i think we've seen so many guys who are primary ball handlers that like they move the ball and then they just are kind of stationary or float on the perimeter he is so good at, at, at moving the ball but then moving his body and getting to uh, getting to another spot like if if he has to kill his dribble and pass out he's moving immediately um, and I think that's something I've really liked about him, especially for a guy who is smaller, um, that's going to need to create any kind of separation he can with movement. Um, I've just been incredibly impressed with him, like, especially against Texas tech, like he did not have an awesome game from the field, but again, like you mentioned with context, nobody did the way Texas tech plays defense. It's very difficult to the guys that they have on the perimeter. Like they were r- routinely guarding him with somebody much bigger, like Kevin McCuller was fantastic on him and gave him a lot of problems, but, um, really good at just moving and finding ways to get to get 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 some kind of space with his movement um that's something i really liked from him luka Doncic, take notes because he is so i, I love yeah. it it's like one of my it's one of my favorite parts of watching him play it, it's i don't it's not necessarily relocation it's not necessarily cutting it's just activity it's general yeah. activity like the both of the words that i use like cuts and relocations he does both of them and but it's not it's always he's always moving he's he's very active He's attentive. He's he anticipates things well, and I I love that you brought that up. And I think it's enabled them to play multiple ball handlers alongside of him. I, I love their two point guard lineup with I him. Really and, enjoys the case. Is it yeah. Zakay Ziegler? I think that's how you say it. I was just gonna say I'm gonna botch the name, so I'll let you botch it first. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. Zakai Ziegler. And, but, he is fun, man. Yeah. I love the lineups when they play both of them. It's been so fun. Yeah, and, and it and it works. Uh, Kennedy's his off ball prowess on offense has definitely been one of the more pleasant surprises about his game. We knew the speed was there. We knew the creation child were there. The floaters actually, so I have like, I think his floater has been a little bit of a double-edged sword so far. I thought he, he settled at much, times. Yeah. I thought, and I think, so he started to figure out it was much better in the Colorado game where he got to the rim. We could get to the rim. And when they were really dropping and giving him the space, he took it. And like, I thought the Colorado game on top of him, just killing them at the rim. It was the best I've seen him use the floater this year. I, I, I felt that in those two games at in Springfield, I thought he used the floater a little bit too much. And there was one possession in particular, the clip is ingrained in my head where he gets downhill he has big cotton drop. And instead of just going straight at him and attacking him, he, attempts he like slows up tries to put his man in jail baycott stays down and then he takes the floater and air balls and i'm just like to go like you are an athlete that's the thing about kennedy is he's not like a typical six foot guard he can play above the rim i'm not saying he's gonna go and just punch it on baycott right there but he has legit hang time and body control in the air a lot of these inside hand finishes like he's hanging and getting to the other side of the rim utilizing this time in the air to get a different angle Uh, so 
yeah, the floater I thought was really good against Colorado. There was one possession against Texas Tech where he did settle. I felt like one of their guards was rotating as the low man, and I wanted him to just keep going and play through and finish through contact at the rim when it's not a big man. But again, nitpicky. Um, it's been a lot better, especially in that Colorado game. I love the way he used the floater. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, how have you felt about his shot so far? Like, I know he's shot incredibly well. I think he's shooting around 38 or 39% right now in the year, taking about four per game. Um, but what what have you thought of him so far from, as a shooter? So, I mean, he started off scorching hot, and he kind of came out of the gates gunning. I think he's mm-hmm. tailored back a little bit in terms of the makes and the percentages. I haven't looked at his game log, but just anecdotally from watching the games, I feel yeah. like the shot hasn't 21% over his last four. Right. So I think a little bit is that is progression to the mean. I don't yeah. think he's the shooter that he showed in the beginning, but I was on the record impressed with him as a shooter, both in FIBA and in the high school season. In the beginning of FIBA, I was like, oh, this guy can't shoot. And then by the end of FIBA, I was like, oh, he might have something here. And then watching the high school stuff, I was continually impressed by his stuff off the bounce. His release is a little slow. It's an, it's an unorthodox form for a guard because it's a little slow. He doesn't get a ton of elevation through his legs. And I think there are some times where he's a little bit trigger shy. There was one possession, especially in the, uh, I can't remember if it was, I don't think it was Texas Tech game, maybe one of the other games I watched where he passed up an opportunity that he should have taken as a kick out. And then it's 10 seconds left in the shot clock. He's forced into a really bad attempt eight seconds later. Um, And then another one where he had a great relocation, pump, sidestep, and then gets blocked just because the release isn't quick enough. When he's committed to the shot, I think it's legit there. I don't know how to what degree of a high level, but when he really commits to it, I think it is there. I think as the shot has started to fall a little bit less, I think he's gotten a little bit less confident in it, which I kind of just want to see him take him. Uh, like if you have space and they're going under, shoot the ball. Don't hesitate. I think he had a three in the Colorado game where he maybe he made it, I think, but he was just like under. He's like, all right, am I going to take this? Am I going to take this? And like, eventually he pulled it. Like if you're coming off the screen and they're sinking below, I want to see you make them pay off the bounce, especially. Yeah. I want to, yeah, I agree. Like I've been, um, I haven't been underwhelmed at all by a shot, but I definitely want to see more. Like I think for how much we think he can have the ball, like take 11 per 100. Like we want to see more. Um, and I, I think I, I maybe I'm just projecting, but it, it's felt like he really hasn't taken that much off the dribble, um, which I get to an extent. Like he's tough because like we want to see him take more, but also like you mentioned, um, he just does not get off the ground very much. So he has a very blockable shot or very easily contested shot, um, which part of what's been cool. Like it's not necessarily off the move uh, off motion, but like like we talked about, if his, if his dribble does die, he flips the ball, reverses it, gets to the other side of the screen. And he's taking some shots from there. Um, I like that. I want to see more of that um, because like, I think a lot of times, I, I don't know how much you agree with this. Like, I feel like he's somebody who might get compared to Darius Carlin a lot, just being kind of a shorter guy, not having quite the same, uh, um, you know, like they're, they're athletes, but not like crazy athletes, but like the biggest difference is Garland has like one of the quickest releases in basketball um, and gets a decent amount off the floor has ridiculous range. So I, Kennedy's going to have to find different ways as a shooter, but um, yeah, definitely. Um, I will say, the energy, the energy transformation and release timing is drastically different between yeah. G and Ken and Chandler. Exactly. Like that's the biggest difference to me. Cause they're both guys who are like, like I think Kennedy's going to be a better at rim finisher just because some of the stuff we've talked about, but uh, definitely. Um, can so we talk? Oh, I actually, ahead. I had one last question for you before yeah. we get to Jabari Walker. Well, no, I was going to add another th- question for you too. So, okay. All right. So I'll hit you first with Kennedy because I've just had a ton of thoughts on him lately. Where are you at on the passing? Uh, I think it's good, not great. Like I don't. Okay, it's um, yeah. That's he's that's he's obviously not a combo guard, but like, um, I mean, it's not like Trey Young. Like it, that's that sounds like an unfair comparison, but like that's not the kind of player he is. Like I think there's more value to me in him as a scorer and trying to leverage more scoring gravity and then finding what that unleashes for him as a passer than necessarily being a great passer who's going to find ways to be better as a scorer if that makes sense like um i I think his best reads are like the biggest thing for him is he's so freaking good at getting to the paint um like even if he's not getting a shot up he's tremendous at getting to the paint um like i there just hasn't really been anybody who has been awesome at or who has found a way to consistently prevent him from getting to the paint like there have obviously been moments where he gets walled off but like he's just so good at getting there and he makes good decisions when he gets there, but like he's not doing anything that's consistently like 
killing a defense. Like he's making the right plays and um, like he'll see things that um, like he, he makes some really nice touch passes. Like he had a pass, I think it was against Texas tech where like the ball got reversed him at the top of the key yep. and he just like quick inside. Uh, and I think it was Fulkerson for a dunk. Um, like he, he does make passes that are like, Oh wow. Okay. That's really nice. But like, um, a lot of it's coming out of like when he does get to the paint, some of the things that he does manipulating his body to, to, you know, find an interior pass. Like I would say like my favorite part about his passing around is probably his interior passing off of drives. Um, but yeah, I, are you kind of at the same point with him? I, so yeah, took the words out of my mouth. Good, not great. And that's exactly why. And I think that's why so much of his evaluation is riding on. Can he consistently get advantages? Because it's the, it's the sole amplifier of his playmaking game. He's at his best as a playmaker when he's getting downhill and he's making drop-off decisions. He has some whip, cap, whip pass capability. Like he had a really nice lefty skip. I think it was in the Texas Tech game, uh, maybe in the second half. So like he can throw these one-handed skip passes. I do like, like as in the pick and roll, I like his timing, hitting quick windows. Yeah, he's good on pocket passes too. Very good on pocket passes and like getting guys open to play in the advantage. Not necessarily manipulating, but recognizing a window where he can feed it to them early and let them play on a four on three. I do like him a lot there, but mainly it's him getting downhill and these interior passes that you mentioned. The part that I would say why he's not great his he's not very comfortable with non-elementary release angles and that's something i've picked up on him like a bunch and the size kind of bottles him in the pick and roll at times especially against nova and i think he had some issues in the first half of unc second half of unc was a really good adjustment because he leaned into pace and he that is something he's really good about is like opening up these windows and passing angles with change of pace, drawing the big out, like leveraging his floater or something of that nature. And that's exactly what you mentioned is using his scoring gravity to open up passing windows and it's scoring gravity, it's rim pressure, it's paint touches. It's all that, all things under that umbrella. Those are the driving force for his um, playmaking flashes. So I definitely agree with you, but I was just curious where you're at because yeah. I do think he can struggle with size. He's at his best when he's picking apart a defense that is fully tilted and broken down because of his paint touches and his driving game. But I think compared to like the trays, the even John Morant or the big playmakers like a giddy or LaMelo, I don't really see him just torching defenses that like we've seen these guys in the past as prospects where if you mess up a little bit and like, if you show a little bit too much on the backside, you're getting killed and he doesn't do that. And they're passing windows that, you just think to yourself, Sharif would have made that pass. And like Trey would have made that pass, which is not a knock. We're talking about some of the best passers in the world, but I do think it's a worthwhile thing to note as a point guard prospect. That's probably going to go in the lottery. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I 100% agree. Um, shit, what else was I going to say on that? Uh, I, like, I do want to see him too. Like, he's somebody who I'd love to see get into jump passing a little bit, like working that into his game especially with with his floaters, like finding ways to, okay, make it look like you're going up for a floater, but throw some in the corner. Um, like just find uh, find ways to, again, leverage just scoring into finding better ways to manipulate his body to deal with size and height. Um, but we'll see on that. The Okay, what I wanted to talk to you about, because I know we're kind of in the same spot on this, he's obviously not going to be like an all-defensive candidate or anything. I've really enjoyed his defense, like especially just given his limitations, uh, like he's got incredibly active hands. Like he is really good at doing a two on the ball. Um, like he moves his feet pretty well. Obviously, again, he doesn't have the size or massive wingspan or anything, but I think he navigates screens pretty well. Um, he's just been he's been very fun to watch from that end because we've seen, you know, plenty of guys who are high level guard prospects that aren't necessarily trying on defense, um, or at least not with the same activity that he has. And I've just loved watching that. Yeah, on so I think on the ball he can tend to, he can overplay his hand at times yeah. and just not stay in front of as many guys as you'd love him to. But I do think it's good. I still like I think he's good there, and I don't. He's very small. Like he's six feet tall, one hundred and seventy pounds. Like he's not a big player, but as you mentioned, his hands are incredibly active and incredibly accurate. But the one thing for me which I love is his off ball activity. Again, I don't know how valuable your point guard being a good team defender is, but digs in the nail. He had a couple, he's had a couple of low man rotations where it's a yeah. wide open dunk and he just comes from the weak side corner and swipes. He had like a, I don't remember which game it was in, but he had like a really nice block uh, coming in. He's recovery. had a couple blocks. 
Yeah. He, that's the thing. He's a very real athlete. I mm. like there. There's a clip from high school of him, just a nasty poster dunk and, and like off a sideline out of bounds, like not in transition, like sideline on bounds, getting a running start and just punching it on someone. He's a very real athlete. I think he has three dunks so far this year. Two of them have come in transition. So obviously it's a little inflated, but he's a very real athlete. And I think that's probably most shown up with his block percentage, which is like absurdly high for a point guard. I'm pretty yeah. sure. He's averaging, I think, 0.6 blocks per game. So, yeah, he's been kind of wild with that. Um, but, yeah, it's just like a nice little micro skill to see from him. I've enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, unless you have anything else you want to hit on, you can transition and talk about Jabari Walker. Yep. Now, cool. let's let's go ahead. Cool. All right. So, obviously, son of Samaki Walker, uh, <laughs> best player on Colorado right now. Uh, he's been having a hell of a year. Uh, I don't know. We, I mean, we, like – we can talk about how he played in the Tennessee game. I definitely have a lot of questions with him and things that I want to bring up, but um, overall, like from what you've seen so far and based on last year's, well, I haven't, I did not watch any of them last year in all honesty, because he didn't end up entering the draft. Um, but what did you, I mean, where are you at with him coming in, coming into this game and coming out of the game? Yeah. So I have a very small sample on it, on him. And that's the one thing we, both agreed on is we're going to be very transparent about what games we've watched and what games we didn't watch. Mm-hmm. I've, I've only seen Tennessee this year in that game. He didn't really do it for me. Honestly, I was pretty underwhelmed of him as an athlete getting downhill. Doesn't have much vertical pop around the rim. You'd probably say he's a four, right? Or like, a yeah, I think he's a four. Yeah. And I think he's a four too. The lateral quickness was the highlight of the game for me. He had a couple of nice possessions that I saw on the timeline as well, playing Chandler at the point of attack and walling him off. So that was good to see. So laterally, he definitely raised some eyebrows, but vertically I was pretty underwhelmed. His equity as a handler just didn't really see much there. I think he's probably going to get the three and D bill and just like pinned into that category. Obviously you don't want to judge a shooting sample based on one, one, one game, but I wasn't like wildly impressed with his mechanics or fluidity or versatility or anything of that nature. So again, like I was pretty underwhelmed. I see the appeal, especially on the defensive side with his size and and quickness, but offensively I I didn't have many positive takeaways in the nicest way possible. Yeah. So with him, um, I think I just, you like, like you talked about as a four, I think I'm, I'm higher on him as an athlete than you are. Um, we were talking about this with our friend Francis in the um, in the group chat. Like, he has a really odd body type. Like, he's got very skinny legs and arms, but a pretty big torso. So he just doesn't look super athletic. He has kind of interesting movements. Um, like, honestly, in some ways, kind of reminds me of watching Miles Turner move. Like, obviously, he can run, so it's very different than Miles Turner or Texas. But, um, like, in terms of just looking at somebody who has, like, awkward body proportion so it's hard to kind of see them how they are athletically like i i don't think he has like amazing vertical pop but i think like i need to tune into it more but i haven't been like uh necessarily turned off by it either because he is really long and he's pretty good at verticality and just being in the right place um where i have a big uh or i really enjoy his athleticism isn't talking about strength like his functional strength is tremendous um, obviously that comes up on the glass. Like he's averaging just under three boards per game on the, on the offensive glass, almost seven on the defensive end. Um, that's obviously not everything, but like you, we've seen him be capable of handling guys. Like he guarded miles Johnson in the post a little bit when they played, um, no wait, they, did they, yeah, they played UCLA. He handled miles Johnson a little bit in the post when they played UCLA. I watched that game. Um, I thought where it does come through most for me, like, I think his handle is pretty solid for his size. I like his handle it's obviously a little bit mechanical and there's stuff that needs to work out with it, but he's so strong and capable of, of, of taking something off the bounce to get to the rim. And especially when you think about, okay, he's a four, he's going to be playing on, on fours or fives um, with, in terms of who's closing out on him. Like I just see that as an ability to a, to get to the rim B maybe that's manufacturing free throws. Um, And he's had some solid live dribble passes uh, that I've liked. Like, I don't, obviously he's not a creator or anything like that, but I do think he shows a pretty solid passing vision that his assists per game don't necessarily, um, you know, uh, proliferate or like show to you. Um, and, but I also agree on the lateral quickness. Like, I think he's a guy who's going to be a slightly above average defender. Um, I'm interested, like, I want to hone in a lot more on the rim protection. Like I, right now I view him more as like a guy who can do some weak side stuff and 
you know, more of a low man rotator than being somebody who's, uh, you know, swatting everything to kingdom come. But I do like just overall, I think that there's a lot to like about him. Um, my biggest hangup is how good of a shooter he actually is. Um, I do think he's probably better than a 24% three point shooter, which is where he's at right now. He shot 50, 52% on really low volume last year. Um, I have some issues with his mechanics. Like again, like neither of us are going to claim to be quote unquote shock doctors, but just in watching through and going through all of his attempts, it's something that stuck out to me in watching the UCLA game. Um, he brings his guide hand across when he, after his release. So it tends to like, I feel like his follow through tends to go right a lot. Um, which has led to some really a, a misses that are um, off and B just like, it seems like there's a real curve to how he, he handles the ball. I mean, not handles to how he shoots the ball. Um, I don't know if that's entirely why it hasn't been going in. Like, I don't think that that's a fair way to put it. Like he's a confident shooter at least, which I think counts. Um, like he's only taking three and a half per game. He could be taking more, but just in terms of how he's getting right now, I feel like he's been pretty confident with them, but I, uh, I am interested to see, you know, if you get a chance to check out his mechanics or just in terms of uh, if anybody else has thoughts, definitely shoot them to me as well. But um, like, that's something you want to see cleaned up because like you, you mentioned, like he's a guy who's definitely going to have to shoot it to get the most out of him at the next level. Yeah, for sure. And he's someone that definitely don't want to comment on too much right now because mm-hmm. it only has been one game. Someone that's definitely on the docket to keep diving into more as the season goes on, especially when his conference play picks up. I have that game against UCLA tucked away on the watch list hopefully i'll get to it but definitely someone i'll circle back to soon and have more thoughts on yeah he's a really fun player and i'm interested to see how things go with him i would probably just thinking off the top of my head right now he'd probably be in the first round for me um i don't know if that's common for everyone else i know i, I know ben pfeiffer is very high on him uh i won't yeah i saw ben loves him it. ben is a big fan uh so maybe we'll have to have ben on at some point to talk about him but yeah um definitely something we're gonna have to circle back on i do have one quick thought um, I really enjoy watching Evan Batty play basketball. Just the, <laughs> I, I don't think that he's like a great player or anything. He's just fun to watch. I'm sure I'll get hate from that in the group chat for sure. But a fun player like Colorado just has like kind of a fun team. I like Tristan De Silva. Um, I can't. I think it's Eli Parquet is the uh, their guard. He's a really fun defender to watch. There's a fun team. Um, where else? Do you, unless you have any other thoughts, I think we are good to move on to our next guy. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't have any more on him. All right. Well, who you mentioned at the top of the pod that you got to you got to go see in person yesterday? Who I got to watch today? Uh, tell me all about Johnny Davis in person yesterday. How was it, man? Johnny Davis' experience last night was incredible. Obviously, the big sidestep three to basically seal the win for Wisconsin. Started off the game really hot with a very tough pull up and then pretty impressive poster dunk. Thought he cooled off a little bit, and I think there are reasons for that. I thought it, last night was a pretty representative game of his on offense, I thought, and I think we're going to definitely dive into that. I've had the ability to watch – I think I watched this one. I watched the Georgia Tech and a couple of games from Maui. So starting to get a good feel for him, and after watching him as a freshman uh, off the bench last year, of course. So where are you at on him? Because I have some pretty in-depth thoughts uh, – I like him a lot. I think there are things that I'd like to see get cleaned up from an approach standpoint offensively. I just want to know where you're at as a baseline and then we can kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, so I have only seen last night's game full clarity, but just in terms of what I have seen and I have thought of him, like number one, um, awesome off ball mover. Like I think you can immediately see like, okay, this is a guy who you're going to bring off pin downs you know, have doing a lot of stuff as a shooter. Like I want to see him take more shots is another thing I brought up immediately. Like I, I didn't, I think there were some opportunities he passed out of yesterday. Um, Obviously that's something I want to see. Like he is, he clearly has it as a shooter. So I want to see more of it. Um, I was impressed with him as an athlete. Like, I don't think that he's a like insane athlete, but um, he's pretty fast. He accelerates well. Um, He plays above the rim. Uh, I mean, his steal and block numbers are ridiculous too, in terms of just looking at somebody who's a six, he's probably only six, four. I know he's listed at six, five, but he's probably six, four when he actually was measured correctly. But um, I have a lot that I like about him. I also, in just in terms of talking about processing and how he sees the court, I don't think he's a bad processor, but I think in terms of like there, obviously I don't think there's necessarily a ton of creation upside. Um, maybe you disagree, but I think there was a play yesterday where he got doubled up at the top of the key coming off of a pin down. 
Um, and he had to like look at the ball, looked, uh, looked to the slot and then look to the roller and I mean, not to the roller, but then look to the dunker spot and then saw it. But it's like, that's the kind of thing where I'm looking at, I'm like, okay, if you're a guy who's a primary, you're hitting, you're hitting the dunker spot immediately because you know, that guy's there without having to look. Um, so I, again, like, I think some of that stuff popped up a couple of times yesterday, but those are just some preliminary thoughts I have on him. Yeah. And I, I don't know how you like would qualify creation quote unquote as a primary. Oh, yeah, I guess it's no just in terms of like being like I, a primary guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't think that's optimal for him or whatever team he's playing for, but I do think he has some shot making upside for sure. Oh, definitely. Uh, he's yeah. a very, his touch is pretty impressive. He's comfortable shooting with movement left or right step back side steps. Like he's not going to create easy looks, but shot making shot making. Uh, I retweeted the piece that Zach Cram wrote at the bringer the other day. I'm not saying Johnny Davis is Kevin Durant shooting mid ranges, <laughs> but like good shooters just make shots. And yeah. that's something I don't want to get too hung up on is, Oh, is his, what's his process look like? What does this look like? The one thing, my biggest hang up with him right now is the three point volume, which I think that's what you were getting at. Yeah. He definitely passed up a couple last night and that's a continuing theme. Get him up. Uh, there's no reason to be a time and space shooter when you have that shooting ability. I just, I think he's a better shooter than he brands himself personally. It's he's very comfortable, clearly attacking closeouts, getting into a one to two dribble contested floater in mid range, but I, it doesn't need to be that all the time. I know that's your game and I know that's what you're comfortable with. Shoot the catch and shoot three, shoot the relocation three. And I think that's something I'm looking for him to pick up as the season goes on he's really good at knowing when and where to drive. I don't think he's like, I still don't think he's an overwhelming athlete when it comes to burst and all that stuff. And I know Ben will disagree with me on that, but I just think he's very, yeah, I don't good. think he's very bursty. I just think he's well, one, he's powerful. Like, he yeah. has a pretty good frame. And once he gets downhill, he's getting downhill, but two, he's very deceptive. He's great at rejecting ball screens. He's great at recognizing what the defense is going to give him as a driver, whether that be off a dribble, off a ball screen, off a, a rip he just knows what they're giving to him and he's going to hit the gap and he's going to hit the gap hard so i think there is some functional stuff there obviously you mentioned he played plays above the rim with that dunk but if you're looking for self-created easy rim attempts or even self-created rim attempts at that i don't think you're consistently going to get it without a ball screen or without some help but does it really matter uh, the defense has been pretty good in my opinion uh, he's he had a block jump shot in the game last night, good tools, good anticipation off the ball. I think that's how good is the defense is probably going to be. That might move the needle for how I, how high I can really get with them considering the offense is going to be mainly predicated on his tough shot making. And we'll see what the three point shooting volume looks like off the catch. But if we're talking about a two way off guard or small wing, who maybe if he can beef up a little more, can guard some threes, that's a really intriguing player to me based on the skills that he has. Yeah. I think that would be like the only real knock on him defensively for me, at least like I, I want to watch more before I have real definitive takes on his defense, but just in watching last night, like he digs at the nail pretty well. Like you would want to see him do, I, but I mean, part of it's like, I want to see everybody use two hands, but like he, he is, he is seeking out to do stuff at the nail. Um, I do think he, he has pretty solid screen navigation for somebody his size. Um, especially with someone who's got a little bit broader shoulders. Um, and like you mentioned, I think the only real knock you can have is when you talk about a traditional two-guard prospect, well, okay, can they guard anything other than than point guards and twos? I do think, like like you mentioned, like he's pretty – he's definitely strong for his size, um, even if he is only actually 6'4". Like I do think he could have some equity in, in playing up a, a position, at least for stretches. Like it doesn't have to be all the time, but okay, can you, can you guard like – I'm trying to think some moves six six off the top of my head. I can't right now, but you think I should be able to, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, I think that there's some equity there potentially moving forward that we'll see. Um, I'm trying to think what else I have. I will note. Yeah. I will note on the defense. He's very good in passing lanes. He's mm -hmm. very, he's great instincts. He's kind of been a stock monster at the last time I checked. And that's somewhat held up, at least in the games I've watched uses his length. He jumps passing lanes very well good rotations as like a, as good of a weak side shot blocker as an off guard slash small three can get the passing is something I do want to see improve. And I think you mentioned, you mentioned that as well earlier. Mm -hmm. He has a couple of good reads here and there, but I want to see it consistently be eye opening. not just once every two or three games, you're going to 
maybe rewind something a couple times back just to make sure you actually made a plus plus read there. Like I want to see it every game or, or at least just good consistent reads where you can trust him as a secondary or tertiary guy in conjunction with the pull-up shooting and shot making. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the other thing I think I was going to say on him, uh, like he's not the same level of athlete or, uh, you know, in terms of his ability to explode into cuts and, and, and movement off the ball, but like just in terms of like same kind of idea of looking at somebody like James book Knight last year and how he was used in UConn's offense. Like that's how I think of Johnny Davis. Like, I think if he's able to continue working on like selling his cuts, like you mentioned with rejecting ball screens, like there's real utility to having guys who are that impactful as off ball movers and shooters. So, um, yeah, definitely something I'm interested to track moving forward with him. Uh, I think that can take us to our next spot. I accidentally almost uh, glossed right over Texas Tech and Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, I have a like a decent amount to say about Terrence Shannon Jr. and just uh, you know Texas Tech in general. I want to run, run through. They have a couple of fringier guys I want to talk about. But um, do you have anything from TSJ last cycle? So last cycle. I- uh, he impressed. So the jump from last cycle from for his sophomore year to the junior year was the shooting to me, just the willingness as a shooter. That's mm-hmm. what really popped. He was taking some stuff off the dribble. I liked him. I didn't love him. Uh, would I have probably taken him in the late first? Probably, probably, maybe. Uh, I think he's more, way more your guy. And I have, yeah. I saw one game of theirs this year in which I paid literally zero attention to him. So I'm going to let you take the take away on TSJ for this time. Yeah. Um, so me and our guy, Hank Ward, uh, we talked about Terrence Shannon Jr. at length last year around the draft on a pod. Uh, my feelings haven't changed on him. Like, I still think he's a guy who I would have taken the first round last year. I still think I wish that he just stayed in the draft, frankly. Um, it's hard to take away a ton because he's only played five games. And also they have not played good competition until the last two games playing against Providence. Uh, it was still like kind of iffy and playing against Tennessee. Um I like, I mean, nothing's really changed for me with him, honestly. Like the only thing, well, I mean, a little bit has changed. Like I do think one of the things I want to see last year is more ambidexterity because he was mostly a, a, a right, I mean, mostly a left-handed driver. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I think it was either right or left. One of his hands, he did not like using. In watching the last couple <laughs> games, he will go with both hands more. Like he's shown a little bit more ambidexterity. Uh, I feel like that's been, you know, there's been some easier times with him getting to the rim. Like he was pretty solid getting to the rim against Tennessee, at least in the first half. Um, so I've liked seeing that um, in terms of like, he, he's, he's willing to take more shots. He's taking six threes a game right now, which like that has been awesome to see. He's not passing up some of the looks that you would pass out of last year. My issue is just that I don't think the shot mechanics are any different, uh, which like, I don't think that he's a 36 or 37% three-point shooter. Um, like, he does have really solid touch, in my opinion. Like, he shows that. Like, he, like I think he takes too many floaters sometimes, but part of that is because of, like, the handle is not really – like, at, at least to me, when I look at his shot selections, because he's technically – like, I mean, him and Kevin McCullough split point guard duties, but, like, exactly. Like, <laughs> T- Terrence Shannon Jr. And, and Kevin McCullough are playing point guard for a team right now. Like, so I don't really take too much away from his shot selection because I don't think he takes a ton of like egregious shots. Like if you're creating in a, in a way that you should not be asked to do, yeah, you're going to be taking pull-up jumpers and mid-rangers because like, I mean, that's what's going to happen when you're a, a three and D wing who's being asked to create for your team. Um, so yeah, I think there have been some improvements, but like my issue is just on his release, he like still is flaring his left arm. He's flaring his, his guide arm off of shots um and it just like i feel like it puts a slight curve on the ball and you see in some of his misses too like he has bad misses i don't want to take too much out of that but i do think that plays a part um i i put a clip up on twitter today in terms of just looking at it there there was a game against incarnate word there's uh props to small gyms having like absolutely awesome camera angles so we can see some of this shit because um, like you just get a really good angle on something. I pulled it up right now just so I can like go back through it, remember it. Like gets the ball. Yeah. And it's my bad. It's not his guide hand. It's his release hand. He's he's uh he's curving out and flaring to the left as he lets the ball go. Not great. Um, so I, I don't know. And the feet are still really inconsistent. 
there's just a lot there. But I still think all of that being said, like he's definitely worthy of a first round pick. The defense is still really good. Um, he's incredibly physical. I, I do think like I don't think he's a great passer or anything, but he's capable of of passing and, and making some okay dri- reads off the dribble. But like again, it's more taking it of he's not going to be a 25% usage guy in the NBA. Like I do think um a lot's gonna have to come along for his shot, but the, the willingness is really important and seeing that come along this year. I, I don't really have a whole ton else to say other than I wish that he'd saved in the draft last year. And it was dumb that the NCAA made him sit out for the beginning of this year. Or yeah, I think it was Texas Tech who did, but still. So, so I don't have much to say about him this year, but I do know where I stood last year on him. I like all the things you said about him being completely overextended because it's true and blatantly mm-hmm. obvious on film. Do you think the role, do you think his role is directly tied towards his success as a shooter is what I'm kind of trying to get at. Uh, what do you mean? Like, do you, can he still succeed in his role? Because to me, the slashing and playmaking at that size are the big calling cards for him. Mm. Like, Oh, why am I getting interested in Terrence Shannon instead of another wing who I'm just going to stick off the ball. And to me, it's because he's a very good athlete. He can get to the rim and get downhill and he can make some decisions. But again, like my point is, is the shooting detrimental to you if it doesn't come around? It should have been a better way to fix it. Um, I don't want to say that it's detrimental, like because he's different for me. Like he, I, there's this is an article I want to write about in terms of not pro, like we cannot project. I'm getting to the point where I'm tired of projecting non-shooters as being league average shooters. Like I feel like we see this so often, and I feel like it's probably something that I used to be a part of. But like taking guys who are taking one three-pointer a game and shooting like okay from the free throw line on low volume and saying well if if they shoot i'm like what is the precedence for them as a shooter if they didn't shoot and if they didn't shoot in high school if they didn't shoot in eybl they didn't shoot in aau why is this guy going to suddenly start shooting out of nowhere at age 21 i think it's different with terrence because he has the priors of he will shoot i just think his mechanics need tweaking like he's a very good free throw shooter um, he does ha- show that touch inside the arc. Maybe I'm not even looking at it, but I do think, especially with the willingness coming along too, like I'm not as worried about the shot as I think I was last year. So that helps. Um, and I think like you mentioned too, like he is a really good driver, especially attacking off closeouts um, and is a very powerful athlete. And just looking at what he can do once he is coming off the drive, um, I'm not. Uh, I don't think it necessarily hinders him. Like being a better shooter would help him in terms of what his ultimate role can be. Um, but I do think like I'm I'm pretty confident in, it, in him at least becoming a, a decent shooter in the NBA. Yeah, no, that'll make sense. And that's kind of what I was getting at because I do think the role, there's probably a role for him if he's an average shooter, but I think what we're kind of getting at is him becoming a league average shooter. Yeah. And being able to, to do it like towards... not just catch and shoot, like being able to take some stuff off. Movement. Right. Like, and he's, he's like, to his credit, he's taking stuff off movement. Um, Like he's coming out of pin downs in the corner. Um, I mean, he's taking some stuff off the dribble. The problem is again, it's just the shot consistency. So trying to find that right. will be important, but yes. yeah. No. Uh, what I was, um, the one thing I was just going to get at is that, him becoming a league average shooter is starting to more look more and more like a higher end outcome for him as yeah. a shooter rather than eh, I feel like he'll land on his feet as a league average shooter. It's like, I'm not like, that's probably, I don't want to throw out a number here, mm-hmm. but on the higher end of the spectrum. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Um, on the other end of that, I was hoping because I just love watching this dude play uh, and he does like kind of everything. It kept like, I wanted Kevin McCuller so badly to become a shooter this year, not happening. Uh, I think he started shooting like 48% across like the first five or six games. And he's down to 33% from three. Now he's taking more, which is cool, but 61% from the line, which is even worse than where he was at last year. Um, yeah. He's fun. He he does a lot of things, but like, I just, yeah, he's, he's a guy who would have to shoot it. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, um, just going up and down. Davion Warren is somebody who I want to kind of keep my eye on. He played at Hampton the last two years. He just transferred to Texas tech. I think he's about 6'6", like 200, 210. He had a really nice recovery block um, in the Tennessee game that I clipped earlier today. I don't know a whole ton about him, but he's, he's decently athletic. He can handle a little bit. I want to watch more of him. I don't I don't think he's like a draft guy this year or anything, but somebody to keep your eye on who's been interesting. Um, do you have thoughts on Kevin O'Banner from last year? He played at Oral Roberts with Max Aidness. A. Smith, A. Miss, however the fuck you say it, I don't remember. I need to, I need to actually get his name down, but as a prospect, 
Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I think I was hoping to see this year if something would pop for him at Texas Tech. Um, unless he like shoots, shoots, I just don't know if I'm there. Um, especially like it stood out a ton in the Tennessee game. Like, I don't think the athleticism is there. Uh, just if we're being completely honest, um, like he is not an awesome rebounder for his size either. And I think part of that is just physicality and athleticism in general. Um, he's not getting steals or blocks, which again, that's not everything, but just in terms of like defense, you, like he got dusted multiple times in the Tennessee game playing against better athletes. Um, so I am interested to see how things play out for him. Like still somebody I want to think about, but he was somebody who was a, definitely a fringe guy for me coming into the year. And I was hoping he'd have a good year at Texas tech and I would maybe think differently, but yeah, I feel about the same as him as I did last year. Yep. No, for sure. Makes sense. Cool. All right. Well, now that wraps up that section. We can move to my next guy I want to talk about really quick, uh, who had an awesome game against Palo Bancaro and Duke last week. And actually, they won the game. That's EJ Liddell. Um, he has been really freaking good this year. And I think, like, we talked about this earlier, like, the first, first game he played well against Akron – um, and I was like, dude, uh, I'm so excited about EJ Liddell. And you're like, as a, as a basketball player or as an NBA player, like, oh, an <laughs> NBA player. Um, like he's somebody who I really do think has taken advantage of, you know, getting draft Intel and coming back and really improving on things that he needed to, he slimmed down, uh, quite a bit and has just been more mobile, like, especially against Duke. I thought he was fantastic defensively on Paolo. Um, like really gave Powell, I think probably more problems than anybody has this year, at least just in terms of isolation or playing one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and that was something where I think we would have seen EJ struggle a little bit last year. Cause he was a little bit, uh, heavier, not even in terms of like being overweight or anything, but obviously like, you know, just slowing down, being a little bit more athletic has helped him. He's taking more shots from three. Um, it's still not perfect, but I think it's getting to a stage where I'm more comfortable with it as a shot. Like I think he's shooting 35% this year. Um, and he's getting to the line just an absurd amount, like eight, almost eight times per game and shooting okay from there. Uh, it's been more like, I guess one of the questions I have for you is how do you look at guys like him and also like looking at somebody like Eric Paschal in years prior, like even just some of the Villanova guys, some of the Tennessee guys who a lot of their playmaking comes out of being, um, you know, a playmaker out of the post. Because I do think like it's changed a little bit for him because he has done more stuff uh, you know, operating out of the middle of the floor or as a short roller that makes that gives you like some confidence in his playmaking, you know, uh, kind of hitting at the next level. But I mean, what what do you what do you think on that? So I think I so I haven't watched Ohio State yet to scout. I did watch a Duke game live and I've caught maybe one other games just casually, maybe like mm -hmm. the first half of it. But I will say it's a very interesting point that you brought up, whereas you do need to be a little bit careful overrating someone's passing equity because of the defensive attention they get because of their college effectiveness. Like in the post in the in college, you're going to double EJ Liddell. You just are in the NBA. You're not going to do that, but I do think you don't want to throw it all at the window. I think that's indicative of feel the ability to see the double team, not panic and make a proper skip pass, kick out, whatever. I think like that's worth something. I don't want to just throw it out the, out the, all out the window, but I do remember this was like a big thing with Grant Williams. And this is when I first like dipped my toe into the draft. Grant was the SEC player of the year and he would get doubled high field player. And he would consistently just throw darts out of the post. And I'm not here to say that it was overrated or underrated, but in, if you watch the Celtics, that's not happening. So I think it's a very interesting point and something I don't have a concrete answer for, but I think it's one of the more fascinating parts of draft scouting and projecting up when, how do you take this one skill and identify what it represents, even though it's going to look and be utilized completely different at the NBA level. So I, I do think it's a very worthwhile point that you brought up. Yeah. Um, what I think has been most interesting about him this year has been his, uh, I don't want to even say improvements necessarily, like he's been dominant defensively in terms of what he's doing on the back end. Uh, it feels just like he's been a little bit bouncier because of some of the weight he's lost. Like he's averaging three blocks per game right now. And it's not just like I'm bigger and stronger than you blocks. Like it feels like legit. Well, in a way, I guess it is kind of the bigger and stronger than you blocks. Like it feels like NBA player blocks or like NBA prospect blocks in terms of somebody who is clearly more athletic Uh and capable in his opposition in some ways. I just think he has like a real like legitimate feel as a rim protector. Like, again, this is not a guy I'm trying to project as 
as being like a starter in the NBA. But in terms of looking at somebody who, okay, is interesting as like a four or five, somebody who has like, like he is very, very strong, like probably one of the strongest players in college basketball right now. And finding ways to leverage that has been, I mean, huge. Um, like even with Ohio, I mean, Ohio State plays a pretty small front court with him and at least in terms of height with him and Zeb Key. Like I think Zeb Key's maybe six, nine and UJ's is about six, seven or six, eight. So um, you know, seeing him be like a legitimately impactful rim protector, especially playing from the weak side. Like, um, I don't know. I think a lot of what I was hoping for this year is seeing his skills start to pop at more of like, like, you know, like we've talked about, like looking like an NBA player playing against college guys. And it's felt like that this year, especially around the rim too. Like he's been, yeah, he's shooting 72% at the rim right now, which is like, that's, that was also, I think a problem for him last year, if I remember correctly, but um, yeah, I've just been really impressed with him and he's, he's definitely like, he's probably more of like an early second round guy, but, um, I think he's really solidified himself as a, as an actual prospect this year, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I've, of course, I've only really seen the Duke game and one half of the other one, but against Duke, uh, he was really good and he gave Paulo problems. And I think that's in part due to the strength that you talked about. Paulo became very jump shot heavy. I think that might be a little bit more of an indictment on Paulo not necessarily Z, um, not Zed Key, EJ, but yeah, he looked really good in that game, especially defensively. I do want to echo the weak side rear protection, which has just been awesome this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So next player, this is your guy. Who, who do you want to talk about? I'm going to talk about Taryn Armstrong, who has been an absolute joy to watch. Cal Baptist, I think, Everyone's kind of caught on to him now. By no means was I early to the game, but uh, who really cares? We're all in the same game anyways. And he just pops off the page. Uh, in a class that lacks playmaking, he is ascending to the top very, very quickly. Just uh, He's an Australian player. He's obviously going to get the Giddy comps. He's very much not like Giddy, uh, except for the fact that they both just stand straight up and have no <laughs> shin angle when they drive. And it's, it's hilarious to watch, but he actually does have a handle. Uh, it's a little shifty. Like I was showing one of my, one of my friends, the cl- a couple of clips and he's like, that looks like Austin Reeves. And you would have never confused Josh Giddy with Austin Reeves last year. Yeah. And Taryn is, he's not a horrible athlete. He's not a good one. He is very, he struggles with physicality at the point of attack. And that was, pretty much on display in the Texas game, which anytime they really got into his stuff, he would either get bumped off the spot or had a couple turnovers or they weren't necessarily just like getting the ball stripped from you, but he was visibly uncomfortable at the point of attack because of physicality and then made an ill-advised decision. I want to see more of the shooting because I actually like the mechanics. I think he's either six or six, five. So probably an off guard, but he's definitely someone that could potentially fill this connector role, the IQ and playmaking like he's absolutely a prospect to me. Uh, the plant, the passing is just too good. And his defense was interesting because he actually impresses a like point of attack as a lateral mover, which was pretty impressive and definitely didn't expect that. So I don't really know what the role is because he's their point guard right now. And I just don't really trust him to create paint touches. Like he was having trouble scoring against Cal Cal Poly and had a ton of trouble scoring against Texas. So those limitations are very much on display, but if he, a lot of it's going to ride on the shot because I wouldn't be much more comfortable playing him like next to a legit point guard who's going to get paint touches and bend the defense. But if you let this guy take advantage of a slightly tilted defense with that IQ and creativity, um, you're going to have a lot of highlights. So he's definitely someone I'd recommend watching and just is a ton of fun to scout. Yeah, he's somebody I have to check out more closely. I haven't watched him yet. I've just seen clips. Um, I want to I want to watch the Texas game. But, yes, uh, he's somebody that's definitely intriguing. Uh, and especially hearing your glowing review, I want to check him out even more. Um, but, yeah, I don't have any thoughts on him yet. Uh, my only yeah, thought, actually, so when the hell did Cal Baptist become a Division One school? I had I think like four years ago. Okay. I think four years ago. I was going to say. Very I recently. Like, this is going to make me sound dated, but yeah, I've never, I had never heard of Cal Baptist until this year. Like I saw they yeah. played like a million schools right off the bat. I was like, Oh, okay. Like, cool. So yeah. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to catch up with him. Um, yeah. Ton of fun. Do you have anything else you have on him? Um, no, that's kind of the gist. I, I, I only was able to catch two games, mm-hmm. but I just can't hammer home the passing enough. Just wicked stuff. Uh, audacious, Throwing passes, one-handed whip passes with spin on them, 
threading needles in windows that no one would even dare to like attempt. And like I said, he jumps right off the page in this class where passing and just overall playmaking, whether it's just highlights or just actual skill is just not really there. I don't know how functional it is. As we said, like he's really not creating advantages. He's really struggling to score, but the passing is just really, really good. Oh, I'm excited to check him out. Um, all right. Well, my last guy that I want to talk about is somebody who I got put on by our friend PD Webb um, that I'd been meaning to check out for a while. And I finally had time to today. Uh, and that's Khalif Battle out of Temple. Um, he's interesting, man. Uh, like he is legit shooting, shooting this year. So he was taking, I mean, high volume last year, seven a game, shot about 32%, taking the same volume and hitting at 49% right now. And it, obviously it's not the, you know, I'm sure he's not a 40%, 49% shooter, but like he's taking shots off movement in either direction. He's taking some stuff off one or two dribble pull-ups. He's very comfortable on catch and shoot. He's solid in relocation. And more importantly too, he is a goddamn good slasher. Like he is really good at catching and driving. Um, the biggest thing that's changed for him from last year, because I went and watched some stuff from last year too. Uh, he was, I mean, he's listed right now at 6'5", 175. So, like, last year, very clearly that 175. I think he's probably added at least 10 or 15 pounds. So, he looks much more comfortable driving in. Like, he's shooting 58% from two this year when he shot 38% from two last year. And I think a lot of that is just adding some size. Um, like, he had some awesome contact finishes against USC. Um, they haven't really played great competition yet. And a lot of his defensive numbers look terrible because Temple is not a very good defensive team right now um but i was impressed too like i went back and watched a bunch of his defensive possessions from last year it was not very good defensively like he definitely has a big wingspan um and has like good prototypical size for a wing uh but in watching this year like he's very physical um he like they like especially with temple they run like they will press in the half court which i don't really like but they do it and uh he's been very aggressive i like watching how he plays uh on defense like he's good ish in screen navigation he's not awesome like he definitely has a lot of stuff to clean up but he's athletic he can move his feet well um and i like how he uses his length to crowd ball handlers um i kind of want to see him like be almost more, like he's aggressive with his feet but not aggressive with his hands if that makes sense like it almost feels like he's trying not to get fouled sometimes i want to i'm cool seeing him get handsy with somebody which i that was a terrible sentence, but you get what I mean? Like, I want to see him like be more, more like willing, like it's okay to get fouls. Um, but yeah, I've really liked him and he's somebody to definitely keep on your radar uh, because he is very interesting as somebody who could slot in as a role player. Um, he's just having a hell of a year so far, especially if the shooting keeps up, like, and he gets to the, he gets to the foul line a ton, averaging five fouls, free throws a game, just not fouls. Um, but yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely an intriguing guy moving forward. Yeah, so I have never seen this guy, and I am just trolling his sports reference page right now, and I'm I'm into this. I can he's I can not, get behind this. <laughs> he's not a bad passer, but like he like the biggest thing for him is like he's not gonna like he's not gonna run stuff at the next level, or at least he shouldn't. Right. Like he'll run some pick and roll stuff for Temple right now, and he did last year too. And he can occasionally hit the roller, but most of the stuff is like he's gonna be driving you know, driving left or driving right towards the wing and he's going to hit to the corner if he doesn't have a driving lane. So it's like, it's mostly simple stuff. Like you're not expecting him to, to do anything crazy, but like, he's also not like, uh, he's not making like awful passes or anything. I do think like he's only averaging an assist per game right now. I think that's more on his teammates than on him. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued by him. Um, he's taking a huge jump this year compared to where he was last year. I mean, 68 true shooting on six three-point attempts is a game. At Pretty six good, yeah. Really damn impressive. May I interest you just as a bit because I've never seen him before? Where we'll straw man out real quick. The defensive numbers you want to take a wild guess at the steel block rates and defensive box plus minus that absolutely and very rarely tell the whole story, but why not? Yeah, I know his defensive box plus minus and steel <laughs> and block rates are terrible. I was I looked earlier today. I know he has a lower than lower than zero DP DBPM. Uh, and he has a less than 1% steal rate, and I don't think he's even blocked the shot this year. You you are three for three. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but I promise everything else does pop with him. So it's definitely worth watching. As I no, and as I said before, that almost never tell the story and represent it. So he's someone that I'm very, very interested to see. Uh, that mm-hmm. offensive profile is pretty nutty. And if you're that good on offense and you're only six five, we can maybe excuse. And he's awesome in transition. Like he is. Like I will say, like a lot of his. Uh, like a lot of, I think almost all of his dunks have come in transition. Um, so a lot of his uh, his field goal percentage at the rim is bolstered by transition, but also like his ability to get out in transition is really good. So yeah, he, he's interesting. Um, so who is the last guy that you want to hit on? My last guy, uh, I feel like this is just PD propaganda. At this point because <laughs> yeah. we, are here to talk, we are here to talk about Tari Eason, uh, who has jumped off the page statistically every query you're running on bart he is there and he's been absolutely dominant he's an interesting and like funky eval someone i remember watching him in high school he was a seattle guy i'm pretty sure i watched him with federal way with jay mcdaniels back in the day when j mac was a senior i think that's where i've seen him uh, if not, I know he's one of those. So Seattle people, forgive me if I'm botching this, but I know I'd seen him in high school. I have people come for our but, heads, man. Shit. <laughs> he is. He's very fun. Uh, that's what I'll say at the very least. He has a chance to be one of the best defenders in the class. If he can just rein it in his anticipation and move, like his movement skills at six, eight combined with the anticipation that he has off the ball, jumping, passing lanes, making rotations. It is awesome. He is a ridiculous mover. And like, he's one of those guys where it's like, yeah, I'm going to hard hedge you out on a pick and roll at half court just because I can not, not because it makes any schematic sense whatsoever. It's because I can, and I'm going to hedge you out and I'm going to pick your pocket for a dunk anyways. And he just does some wild stuff offense or defensively. Offensively, his ball skills are very interesting. He's very good downhill as a driver, He's a couple like Euro step finishes. He can apply real, real rim pressure, uh, attacking closeouts, rip drives, using a straight downhill. It is very much a straight line guy. And just like, I'm going to put my head down and get downhill. As I said, he did have one like really nice Euro step finish, but mainly it's just rim pressure, straight downhill, earning free throws. I want to just see him get up the threes. I don't really know what to make of it yet. Only seen him take a couple. And that's going to be something to definitely monitor because he was only six, eight. He's probably going to be a four maybe a three if you have floor spacing because like he can guard threes but i don't really know if you're going to want to employ that unless you have floor spacing or bigs that can handle but defensively he just needs to rein things in Uh, he kind of has no discipline right now he'll dig and not recover he'll get back cut Uh, he can get back cut Uh, he's not necessarily technical technically sound but i think it's a very interesting philosophy point on defense because in, in theory, he has the stuff that you can't teach in the movement skills, the anticipation, knowing when to jump certain passing lanes or knowing how to jump. I'm not going to say when to jump, knowing how to jump certain passing lanes, ridiculous ground coverage, good lateral mobility, all things that you, you in theory can't teach. And the thing that you can teach is staying home. When do you rotate? What are your responsibilities? This, that, and the other. And so it definitely could be viewed as low hanging fruit in my opinion, that once he gets to the NBA, if they just like rein him in a little bit, he could be a wildly impactful two-way 6-8 forward. Yeah, so I have thoughts because I have watched an LSU game, watched the game against Wake Forest. Um, yeah, he's extremely interesting. I think he's probably who's popped the most for me. I do kind of want to ask you about some of the other guys because they are like kind of, I want to say loaded with prospects, but they have like a lot of guys who just do things that are – intriguing in terms of just NBA production, potentially um, with, I mean, number, number one, the biggest thing for me, and I, po- I, I posted this on Twitter too, but like watching LSU be the number, like granted their schedule has been abhorrent, but like watching LSU be number one in defensive rating in the country this year, compared to where they were last year, it's insanely wild. I know it's like mostly different, uh, like having different players helps, but, like, this was the worst defense ever last year. Now watching them play like this is kind of insane. Um, their offense is uh, a mystery to me. They just have a lot of guys doing stuff, I think is the best way to put it. Um, do you have thoughts on Darius Days? Because I liked Darius Days a lot last year. I wanted him to stay in the draft. Um, I'm not sure what your face is telling me. I know that some of our friends are split on his, uh, his NBA potential, but I like Darius Days. Well, first off, I wanted to ask you about, do you think there's any 
particular reason as to what this uh, success is? What's the difference from last year to this year that you think is the biggest reason? <laughs> what are you trying to get me to say, man? Uh, well, yeah, not having Trendon Watford and Cam oh, oh, Thomas okay. playing defense certainly helps yes. in terms of <laughs> defense, yeah. That's what I had in mind. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Um, yeah. As for days, LSU just has like, – other than, other than Tari, like, LSU just has like three guys that are just like – like, yeah, I'd probably take them in the 50s. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about them. I need to parse them out a lot more. Yeah, they all too. just do – They'll just do certain things. It's like, oh, here's Eric Gaines doing this. Here's Alex Fudge doing this. Here's Days doing this. And I'm not sure what it means. You know, like, I know this sounds really, really vague, but I kind of feel like you have the same vibe and like we're kind of on the same wave at this point because it's just a lot of guys that in theory, like, oh, I could kind of get behind him, but I need to see it like all put together. Um, maybe I just need to watch more clearly, honestly, and just like put their flashes together myself. But I just don't know if I'm like confident to be like, yeah, I'm like, that's the second best prospect to me. It's like between those three, it could be any one of them. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and like fudge is interesting too. Like I, he, his moves, like he moves well on court and that sounds like very rudimentary, but my biggest thing too, is just like size for him. Like he's obviously like, I think he weighs about the same that I do and he's, a foot taller so like yeah bro um that, I, probably not a this year guy but he is really interesting like he he popped a little bit in the wake forest game um i'm sure i, I don't know I, i'm assuming you're not thinking he's an nba guy but efton reed did pop a little bit he's interesting um somebody that i'll keep note of like i know he's a guy but again like exactly there's just a lot of guys who i i don't know what to make of like brandon murray has been interesting like kind of good um I don't know, man. This is definitely a fun team to follow. I want to see a lot more as they play better competition. Uh, I also just think, too, for some people, I'm sure that they are happy. But for me, or, ha- or like they're just happy with the overall state of LSU. But I wish that I could watch Adam Miller play with this team because uh, I do feel like they miss ball handling a little bit. Like they obviously Eric Gaines and Xavier Pinson have been fine. But I think in terms of having somebody who is a ball handler with like legit scoring gravity, um, it would be interesting to see Adam play on the team, but unfortunately, it's out for the year. Hopefully, it gets better soon. Did you have anything else you want to hit on, Jake? No, I mean the only the only two things that I'm confident in about LSU is that Tari is a very real prospect, and mm-hmm. that when I want to scout, when it's April and I want to scout any other SEC prospect, I want to watch them play against LSU because like, they're just fun. It's like they're, guys are going to do stuff, and I think that's like the best way to sum it up what, what they're doing right now. I'm not sure where it's going. I do think the other three, I would probably err on them being multi-year guys. I'd love to see yeah. them back next year. Gaines especially. Uh, he does some really cool things. I just don't think he's ready yet. But Tari is very legit. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, I want to watch more of him and get a better picture too. But um, to everyone listening, thank you for listening and following along with us this whole episode. We had a, a lot to get through on this one. Uh, we have a, an exciting episode coming out next week as well that we have in the works. If you have not already, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at tag the role, follow Jake at Jake in the paint and me at M Schindler NBA. Drop us a rating and review on Apple podcasts. If you haven't already, we would love to get some feedback from you guys. Let us know what you think. And most importantly, have a good rest of your day. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.